0: A comment was made this morning that, oh, this is the funeral gospel. There's a reception over there later, and usually receptions follow funerals. And the reception's for me, so I hope it's not what's happening today. <laughs> but there's a reason that it is the funeral gospel. We hear it a lot of funerals, at least the first six verses. And that's because of the promise that Jesus is making to his disciples as he prepares to leave. The meal's been served and consumed. Judas has left to go do his dirty deed. Jesus, showing servanthood, has washed the disciples' feet. And he's given them the new commandment. The new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. But the disciples can't hear this. They're overwhelmed with anxiety and grief and confusion because... They thought this was the Messiah who would usher in the new kingdom. that would run the Romans out. Their heads are full of fear and anxiety. They're not really sure what's going to happen, but they can't hear what Jesus is saying. So he tells them, relax. Chill out. Don't let your hearts be troubled, but they can't get around it. Much happening. He tries to reassure them again. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. Now, the word dwelling could also be abiding places, and I like that a little better than dwelling. I like to abide with folks, to spend time with folks. And it reminds me that God abides with us constantly, that Jesus promised that He would abide with us to the end of the age. And I envision the Holy Spirit abiding with us, always within reach, to come and strengthen us and to support us when we need help. Philip and Thomas especially are troubled, and so they ask for proof. They ask for more details, and Jesus can't believe his ears. If you can't believe what I'm telling you, believe at least for the works. Haven't you seen what I've been doing? Believe. Guys, believe. And remember, love one another above all, above everything else. The cross looms closer and closer, and Jesus is talking about love and coming back to bring us into the dwelling places, into God's abiding places. That's why it's so good for a funeral. Because that promise is always fulfilled. My favorite church banner, actually it was part of the Crucio movement, um, which is a short course in Christianity, um, looks like this. And any time I gave a talk at Crucio, I'd ask for it to be put up even if I were going to do two or three talks in a weekend. It had a music staff on top with quarter notes and half notes and a triplet or two. See, I do know a little bit about music and it had these words on it he came singing love he lived singing love he died singing love he rose singing love if the song is to continue we must be we must sing we must sing it if the song is to continue we must do the singing We've been together for over eight years. I've woven my voice into the song, the sweet song that's sung here. And I'll miss it. I'll miss it. But the song will continue in this place. For it's a great song of love, a song the world needs to hear. I got here through prayer and being somewhat um, persistent. Chris Epperson couldn't believe that I would want to work in children's formation. He delayed and delayed, and I finally said, look, I want to interview for the job. He couldn't believe that a rector of a parish would come back to be an associate. But all in all, the committee was wiser than he, and they decided that I should have the job. I'd been here about a month, a couple of months, and I was standing at the altar while the Eucharist was being celebrated, and yes, priest's minds do wander a little bit sometimes, and I was looking out at the sea of people, and then I glanced down at all that beautiful polished silver glistening in the light, and I thought, man, you did it good getting here. This is a good gig. Before I could finish that thought in my mind I heard just as clearly as you're hearing my voice now I have brought you here to fulfill my purposes which will be revealed It's not the first time God has talked to me or at least an angel of God has come and whispered in my ear So I said okay it's going to be revealed So I waited and I waited and I waited and nothing happened. No great lightning bolts, no other pronouncements. Then six years ago when Susie took her little tumble down the Kusawati River Gorge, and we were surrounded by your love, supported by your prayers, lifted up by your presence in our home, I thought, maybe that's why. Maybe that's God's revelation. And then I thought a little bit more, and I decided that no, my God doesn't inflict pain on people just to make a point or to teach a lesson at least not the God of love that I know well finally last fall it came to me why God brought me here from the very beginning of my ministry I've been an advocate for the inclusion of all of God's people in the life of the church and all of the world the L I never get it right Um, LGBT community was something that I wanted to support and have done so. I remember meeting Bruce at annual council right after seminary. But being an advocate doesn't always mean that you're totally comfortable in that relationship. And with all the southernism that was into my bones in high school, there was some little part of me that still resisted Still held back. Why God brought me here, I think, probably for lots of reasons. It was so that I could learn the love this place has, the compassion this place has, the acceptance that exists within these walls and on this campus of all of God's people. All of God's people. And I've learned a great lesson. It has transformed my heart. It is a witness to God's power in this world. And it's a witness that love can overcome everything. He died singing love, and now we must do the singing. And this congregation sings loud and clear. The song we have been singing is a song of love. I think this place is a witness to the community around us and to the greater church of the possibilities of listening to the new commandment. Love and compassion abounds in this community of faith, and it is a beacon to the world, a world that needs light and love. My voice will soon leave this place, but as I said earlier, the song will continue. And when I leave this place, I'm going to carry that song right here and sing it somewhere else and continue to proclaim God's love for all of God's people. I want to thank you for allowing this to be my spiritual home for a while. I want to thank you for all the gifts that you have given me and all the things you have taught me. I may be doing what I should do at the reception, but (laughs) I've learned that it's not going somewhere that makes a place home. It's relationships that exist that creates the home. Love one another as I have loved you. He rose singing love and we must continue the song. I have in my car what I call my Sunday morning music. It's about a 20-minute trip on Sunday. It's about a 45-minute trip other times. And I love listening to it. It's got a lot of John Michael Talbot. Some of you may know John Michael Talbot, uh, contemporary Christian music. And on, on my, uh, it's, it's my favorite songs. And on the Sunday morning CD, um, there's a song that says, that's titled, We Are One Body. One of the verses, and then a chorus, written by a woman named Dana Scallion. One of the verses is this. I am the way and the truth and the life, the final sacrifice. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He believes in me will have eternal life. And in the chorus, we are one body, one body in Christ, and we do not stand alone. We are one body, one body in Christ, and he came that we might have life. Sing the song. Share the life and the love. We don't stand alone. We stand together. We reach out our hands in love and in worship. We are one body in Christ. Amen.